This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Helen and Emily Jacobs of Norton talk about their ministry, Leap of Faith, which is an adoption ministry to help support adoptive parents and the birth mother. Helen and Emily are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. One Body Stewarding God's Creation we are welcoming into the studio Kellen, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Kellen yep. and Emily Jacobs, and we're going to be talking about Leap of Faith E, a new adoption ministry. So by way of introduction, Kellen and Emily Jacobs are Norton natives. They have four children. The first three are biological, and Emily, and the fourth is born of the heart, meaning that, that they were adopted. The adoption process blessed them so much, they founded a foundation to help birth mothers choosing adoptions and, and couples who wish to adopt. So what a wonderful, wonderful ministry. I am so excited to dive into that. But we know that all good things begin with prayer. So would one of you lead us in a prayer to get us going with this? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Awesome. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Lord, we just <clears throat> we pray that our words are yours as we share our story. Um, it's from our heart, and it's your story that you wrote. We're not sure where it goes or where it ends at this point, as we hope to continue to bless others with our journey. Uh, but we know that you have a plan, and we trust in that, and we thank you for the provisions of the past, and we um, lean on you for the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So let's start uh, by by telling us a little bit about your journey to choose adoption for your fourth fourth child. You had three biological children, Mm -hmm. and then you decided to adopt. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, it starts um, before we were even married. We just have discussions like dating couples do as far as family planning and things. You know, what does the future look like for you? And we had both kind of had that adoption piece on our heart even before we were even married. Then we got married. We had a couple of struggles with the uh, two episodes of pregnancy loss. Uh, so kind of thought that maybe adoption was placed on our hearts because that might be how we have to grow our family. Well, we ended up having three amazing kids of our own. And, you know, we just got busy with life and kind of pushed the adoption piece on the back burner. Just three kids and work and <laughs> life got busy. So, yeah. uh, And then when our youngest was two, the, the topic kind of came back up uh, around Thanksgiving time, and we thought, uh, you know, I had already done a little bit of research and mentioned it to Emily, like, you know, remember we, we had this thought once upon a time, um, and I don't know if she thought I was crazy at the time or not. I did. Probably so. <laughs> I have a lot of crazy ideas. So, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah. So, uh, But we did a little bit more research mm-hmm. and then kind of figured that maybe we should, you know, dive a little deeper and, and look into it a little bit more. And our oldest daughter, who's 12 now, so she would have been nine at the time, she always prayed for the next child. Before we would know we were pregnant, she's like, Mom, you have a baby in your tummy. And we're like, no. Well, she said that again at this time. And when we had our son, my our youngest, um, my life was in jeopardy. So we knew that we were done having biological children, just it wasn't worth the risk factor. And so when she stated that again, Mom, we're going to have another baby, I thought she was crazy. And then that's when Colin's like, but remember, we had this on our heart. And so we had talked with a lot of different adoption agencies. We knew that we wanted to stay in the Midwest, uh, having three kids already. We didn't want to travel uh, internet or, you know, across country boundaries. We didn't want to travel all the way to here, north, south, east, west. We just want to stay in the Midwest. And so 
um, having three kids already and um, being very Caucasian, we didn't know if that would end up matching us with the birth mom or not. We didn't know. We did a lot of research and we just felt like we needed to be obedient. It was on our heart. We needed to be obedient, kind of threw our hat in the ring as like, well, what's going to happen? What's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. And at our house, we even called it our six bowl prayer. When we told our kids about it, we put out six bowls. We filled five of them with ice cream and we said, now look, you know, God's blessed us with five full bowls of ice cream, one for each of us. We're throwing, you know, a request to God to fill the sixth bowl through adoption. If he fills it, great, we'll be blessed. And if he doesn't, we still have ice cream and we still, you know, have each other. And so it'll be okay. So kind of going at it with an open mind of maybe this will happen and maybe it won't. And the kids were very receptive of that. How old were they at that point? Good question. Um, so they would have been nine, seven, and four. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And so our seven-year-old um, prayed that her little brother was even a dog. Yeah. So she, she was. A puppy. Yeah. She when we sat him down and did a six bowl, she's like, "Well, only fill it if it's a dog." Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I, we're not adopting a dog at this point. She has her dog now, but yeah. Yeah. that was. That was um, not. Yeah. That was heart. not. Yeah. No, not right there. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And so there's lots of hoops to jump through when you throw your name into the adoption ring and fees to pay and whatnot. And so um, we were able to have our profile live online for birth moms to look out out of a Kansas City agency September of 2019. Um, We had already agreed we would renew our home study once, stay in it for two years. If it didn't fill, it didn't fill. At least we're obedient and kind of just kind of nonchalant about it. Mm -hmm. Well, within two weeks of our profile being live, we were matched with a birth mom. Um, that actually ended up in a fail, which was devastating. I was actually sewing a blanket um, for this child. We were leaving the next day. This baby was to be born um, within a two-week time period of us matching. We were going to have to head to Texas, which wasn't in our plan. We wanted to stay Midwest, but birth mom was going to move back to Kansas, and so that's why it worked with his agency. And um, I was sewing a blanket and got a call that there was a change of mind, change of plan. We were leaving that day. So that was hard. Um, felt much like a miscarriage or a loss, you yeah, know, if a mother's sure. been through that. Sure. Lots of tears, lots of not understanding, lots of prayers yeah. of why are we here, God? Like, we had enough chaos. Why do we have hurt now? Yeah. Like, this doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. But um, we pulled up our bootstraps and went back on. And within four weeks, we ended up um, with another match. And this was Lila, our daughter's birth mom. So um, she wanted to meet us very quickly. She was halfway through her pregnancy. Um, She wanted to meet us very quickly. And we actually happened to be in the Kansas City area the weekend she wanted to meet us, which was odd timing, but God's timing. And we met her and it clicked and we walked her the rest of the way through her pregnancy. Wow. So, yeah. And so what does that mean? Walked her through the pregnancy. What does that entail? Uh, just establishing a relationship, really. It's the most awkward blind date that anybody would ever um, yeah. <laughs> come across. Yeah. Um, you know, you meet somebody with a social worker at a restaurant or, you know, some public place like that. And uh, it's an interview process kind of, you know, to see if you click and if you match. And uh, so very nerve-wracking, uh, you know, lots of anxiety and jitters and hope they like us and the whole nine yards. But it was it went just as good as it could possibly go. Uh, we, we met at an olive garden. You know, we had good conversation for 
hour and a half or two hours. Um, uh, the social worker didn't really have to say anything because we just took the ball and ran with it. So we knew it was going to be pretty successful. We both, uh, everybody exited kind of the restaurant on uh, good terms, the same page. We kind of all thought that this was uh, going to work out really well. And uh, just kind of continued from then on, just keep in contact uh, with the birth mom and uh, just, yeah, kind of started a relationship. Yep. And she hadn't been to the doctor at that point. She mothered three other children and statistics say in the United States that typically a birth mom is between the age of 20 and 30 and they're already parenting children. They have an unplanned pregnancy but not the resources to parent another child successfully. So a lot of times those are the women that choose to a different plan. Thankfully, Lila's birth mom chose adoption. Um, And so I, well, actually both of us took her to her 24 week, her Mm -hmm. first appointment that she went to, she asked us to escort her. So we went and then two weeks later, because we couldn't tell the gender of Lila at that point, she allowed my mom and our two older girls into the ultrasound to find out Lila was a girl. And so, I mean, it just launched from there. We met her parents. She met my parents. She, you know, we exchanged pictures and numbers and just a lot of conversation. And, you know, at the beginning, I'd said, who would who would want to match with us? We already had three biological children. Well, that is exactly what drew Lila's birth mom to mm-hmm. us because she parented three girls. So she wanted this baby to have three siblings. And so that's what the first draw to her eye was. And then, you know, other things about us that she really thought that a child would enjoy. And so just all those little pieces. When I speak about our fail of our adoption from Texas, that was hard. But once we put all the pieces together, Lila's birth mom was walking out of a planned parenthood within days of our adoption fail. So when you look at why God closes one door, Sometimes it's devastating, but if you can get out of that devastation and grief and look back, many times you see why the door was closed. And it was very clear to us that he had the plan of Lila um, in our world and encouraged um, Lila's birth mom to walk out of Planned Parenthood and make a better choice for herself consciously and for the child. And she went straight and chose adoption and found us. So kind of a cool, cool revelation. Called our adoption agency and said... (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm pregnant. I've, I've chosen that I'm going to place my child for adoption. I've looked at your website, and I want Kellen and Emily to be the parents. And the adoption agent says, well, just pump the brakes a second. It doesn't exactly work like that. So come on in. We'll have a discussion. And, but she still stayed true. She, mm-hmm. she liked our profile from the get-go. And we had been kind of discouraged other places because we, you know, we live in northwest Kansas. Uh, we have three of our own kids. So, you know, why would we want a fourth one necessarily? Well, you know, what looks to a lot of people to be, you know, not the most – I guess, appealing match from an adoption standpoint um, was exactly what she was looking for. So you never know. And we just encourage people, if you ever have that on your heart, like even if you have kids or you might not look the way you think somebody else would choose uh, an adoptive parent to look, um, it's worth it. You can throw your hat in the ring because you might be just exactly what somebody is really interested in. And then you can open up your home to a, a wonderful kid. And the child might have a life, yeah. first of all, a life in general, but then second of all, a life that otherwise they may not have just because you have thrown your hat in the ring. You know, birth moms go and look and don't find a match and they can't provide. Well, a lot of times they'll choose termination, which is, you know, heavy on our hearts. And so through, through the struggle, through the journey, Lila was born in the time of COVID. 
in Kansas City when Kansas City was blowing up with COVID. Mm-hmm. We moved our whole family to um, Excelsior Springs, Missouri and waited for her to be born. Wow. Birth plan changed because she was supposed to be able to have her mom and then she was choosing me to be in the room with her to deliver. Well, then it got just um, singled down to just one person. Well, thankfully she chose me. Yeah. I was her support person. Yeah. I took her to the hospital. I cut the cord. I was her support person. And we just mothered this sweet little girl together. Oh. And she got to bond and Lila got to bond with both of us and um, just kind of heal from from the inside out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just beautiful things. Lila's birth mom gave away her parenting rights right away, the first chance she had. Unfortunately, the other 50% of the equation contested it. Um, And we ended up having to go to trial to even keep Lila. Uh, Lila was in our home over a year um, before we knew that she was going to keep us. Even after her birth mom put our last name on her birth certificate, had turned over her parenting rights, knew it was the right decision. Um, Somebody who had no interest prior to her birth or after her birth until rights were going to be terminated. Um, Then there was a big fight and lots of prayers and lots of tears. Um, So really it was after a lot of hurdles to go through when we finally got to finalize, finally felt like, I mean, this was just God's plan from the start and so much spiritual warfare throughout it. When it was final, it's almost like the foundation we're trying to give back um, a little bit to bless others through our journey because it could have gone far different. And we're just so thankful um, that God had a plan and just want to encourage other people that he has a plan for them too. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, really, really, really a beautiful story. And wow. You know, especially today when we've got, you know, so much going on with, you know, with the abor- whole abortion issue. And, Absolutely. And, you know, to, to really see somebody walk out of plan yeah. and then yeah. gift you yeah. with yeah. this beautiful child. Yeah. What a, yeah. you know, what do you think the motivation was for the father? I mean, if he really, you know, didn't want to be in the child's life, mm-hmm. you know, was he asking for money? What was the, what was the motivation? Uh, a lot of times, and we had talked with our adoption attorney, because there's lots of paperwork that you have to do, yeah, so you sure. have an attorney typically. Um, you know, And that's exclusively what he dealt with was um, adoptions primarily, but other custody type things. And really his take on it, because he's seen it throughout the course of his career, was really just a, another kind of last straw form of control mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. against the mom. So, which because is, he could get no money from us, right. he could get no money yeah. from the process. Birth mom doesn't get any money. Um, there is no money exchanged, and so we never felt like he was reaching in our pocket. We felt like it was a control issue over her, yeah. which our victory meant a victory for her as yeah. well, which yeah. maybe she hadn't experienced in the past. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she could stand a little taller, knowing yeah. she made a good decision. Mm-hmm knowing her daughters and where she's supposed to be and knowing that she doesn't have to go back to a relationship that might not be fit for her. Yeah. yeah. And so. do you still stay in contact with her? Mm-hmm. And she yep. gets to see the baby? Is it kind of an open? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, statistics, yeah. so yeah, definitely, you know, that's uh, when you go into this process, there's a big education process that you need to go through or should go through. And some of it through our adoption agency was kind of required reading because um, you just never know um, what you don't know. So there was lots of books to read. Um, 
videos to watch, just a big education process. So it's a little bit of an undertaking. But just as you would if you were going to have a biological child, you do all the reading that you can, even though there's no book on, you know, childbirth or raising kids. You just try to prepare yourself. And so that's exactly what we did. We tried to prepare ourselves as much as possible, and we just tried to do the next right thing. There's a big checklist to do. You have to do your home study. You have to have a background check. You know, there's a fair amount of uh, process behind it for good reason. Um, and we just, you know, even if we ever had a little moment of kind of wavering, like, oh, this is a lot of work. Do, are we sure we want to do this? We just kept doing, like, the next right thing. And so we kept checking things off of the list and uh, just kept moving forward and, uh, then eventually it, it all worked out. And statistics say for the sake of the child that open adoption anymore in our generation and the generations to follow is the best for the child. They never have the question of like, why was I unwanted or was I unloved or um, you never set them down and say, so you were adopted. You know, like right. our generation, yeah. we knew people that had that conversation yeah. and research, research states nowadays that that's actually not best for the child. And with Lila's sake, she has a different heritage and a different skin color than us. So that conversation, I mean, we would have been busted early. But um so that was something that we needed. To, we prayed over that for three months at least. Uh, prayed and prayed over that because that was different than we were expecting. But right. once you realize it's for the sake of the child, then you dive in. So, And that was really the education process. Yeah. Uh, so as you can imagine, a child of any age, even a young adult, if they would find out, oh, wow, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, born into this family. Well, then they have to rewrite their whole backstory. Mm-hmm. And so what that sense of identity mm-hmm. uh, can be really devastating um, at whatever age that might happen because they're going to fill in the blanks with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's never going to happen with Lila. She's always going to know that she was loved from her very first breath by everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And so even last weekend, Lila and I went back to the Kansas City area, went to trampoline park and out to lunch and ice nice. cream with her biological mom. It was supposed yeah. to be her bio sisters as well, but they were ill. So we still made the best of our time, yeah. try to get together at least twice a year. Yeah. Pictures are sent, phone calls are made, pictures are hung in Lila's room of her biological family right next to our family. Yep. Um, she knows her sister, biological sisters by name. Um, Lila's only two, but she knows them by name. She knows who Mama B is. She knows. um, Pray for them every night. Pray for them at night. Pray for their protection. She has her youngest biological sister is a year and a half older than she is. And so she when those little girls are together, it's like best buddies, you know, and she knows she's just loved in the whole thing. And it's pretty cool. We took family pictures together this last summer so that we could hang those in our house as she's growing to continue to see those faces. So there won't ever be a question. And her uh, birth mother's family is also in the picture. I send the grandparents pictures and Mm -hmm. updates and they'll send things to Lila and her aunts in Texas. And she has one cousin as well. Uh, Christmas exchanges and whatnot, just because it is for the best for Lila, and that's all that matters. You know, the adoption agency was so great at educating us on what that relationship is. It's we're not the parents of the birth mom. She may look at the world different. We may look at the world the same. We're not her parent. So we just love, you know, the one thing that we have in common is this little girl that we all just love so much and we just want the best for. And so open adoption is something that we lean on because we know the research for the sake of the child. Now, there's cases where that can't happen. In fact, our failed adoption, that um, 
mother wasn't wanting to stay in the picture if that one went through. And that was her choice as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some states require a legal agreement. Missouri could have, but um, our birth mom said, no, I know that these people are true to their word. We're going to get to see each other, and we do. So, um, And open adoption looks different to every situation. It can be, you know, whatever – everybody that's involved with it is comfortable with you know it can be a couple of picture texts you know every so often it can be you know a letter once a year it can be meetings frequently throughout the year so every situation is a little bit different ours isn't necessarily prototypical because i don't know that there is a prototypical one and that's you know the other part of it is that we're you're never in control you never have complete control you just try to educate yourself as best as possible so even in the beginning when we first started talking about it and learning about open adoption it kind of was scary to us like oh we're not just adopting lila um, we're going to be kind of adopting a whole family yeah and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's scary in and of itself (laughs) so um, are we really willing to do that? Yeah. And especially with what we knew growing up with friends or other people that we've talked to who were adopted, you know, a lot of times they just, they don't know their background, they don't know their history and things like that. So that's what we were really probably more comfortable with just because that's what we knew more about. We need to take a break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more from Kellen and Emily Jacobs talking about their adoption ministry, Leap of Faith. One body. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. Leap of Faith. One body. Stewarding God's Creation. With Kellen and Emily Jacobs. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. One body, stewarding God's creation. All right, so now we want to get back. Should we just go ahead and leap to yeah, leap can, to yeah. leap of faith? Yeah, yeah, leap of faithy. So let's let's go ahead and talk about that. How did that come to be, and and exactly what are you doing for, yeah, for people? Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate the compliment of saying we have kind hearts or yeah, thinking yeah. of others uh, because that's really the answer. It's not about us. Our kind of tagline is to leave it better than you found it. And so we want to demonstrate that for our kids. But really, that's the whole goal is that just as human beings, we want to try to leave it better than we found it. And that's, you know, true of anything and especially humankind. So, you know, once all the dust had kind of settled with our our court battle and then Lila was really officially ours, we finalized the adoption process. We exhaled for a little bit. We could sleep a little bit easier. (laughs) But then just as wild and crazy of an idea as I had when trying to go through the adoption process, so we also had the idea of starting a foundation to help others navigate the same situation. Because of the research that we did, we knew that open adoption was definitely what's best for the child, even though it might seem a little scary at first. So that's really what we kind of whittled it down to. We wanted to start a foundation. We wanted to help people. But where do you jump off? What do you do? Because adoption is a wide array, just like you talked about the the foster system. Tons of kids that need to be kind of guided and, and helped through the foster system. For For our family, it was best for us to at our stage of life, go through with an infant adoption, we thought. And so 
just there's a lot of kids that need some help or the ability to have some help. So our foundation was really kind of established along that vein is really to support anybody who might be wanting to, like we say, throw your hat in the ring because it is very pricey. The average uh, cost, especially through an agency, is about $70,000 to go through an adoption process. So if you put yourself in the shoes of uh, a couple who maybe has had some loss and maybe already spent a lifetime worth of fortune on medical procedures and tests and things like that to try to figure out how to grow their family uh, biologically. It's devastating after you spend a lot of money on medical bills to then be faced with, I don't even know if we can do this. Um, And so we really wanted to try to eliminate some of that burden because there's all there'd be wonderful, wonderful parents out there who would just be turned off by seeing the price tag. And so the more, you know, the, our thought was the more uh, available adoptive parents would be out there. Hopefully then that gives people an option and we get a lot more kids adopted and encourage people to choose adoption over abortion, yeah. uh, which is really the whole goal. But then also with, with seeing how important it is to have an open adoption and have that relationship with a birth mom or, or birth parents, depending on the situation, we really wanted to help support that side as well. So there's some, there's some resources, there's some group therapy and things like that, but really having that birth mom go through some good mental health counseling, some grief counseling, because it's a very difficult decision that you're, you're making. And so there needs to be some support. So that's where the other half of it comes in. So our foundation is really um, geared towards bringing everybody to the table because it's what's best for the child, just like we talked about earlier. And the idea is that both the adoptive parents and the birth parents apply together uh, for funds that will help cover a lot of the costs associated with that, that big price tag. And we decided to call it Leap of Faith because adoption is a leap of faith and starting a foundation in our upper 30s is also a leap of faith. Um, the E is capitalized at the end of faith because our daughter's middle name is Faith with an E at the end. The story on the E is that Lila's birth mom told us we could name the baby whatever. Boy, girl, it was all in our court. And the social worker even asked her, are you sure your girls all start with A? Do you you want them? And she's like, no, it is Kellen and Emily's choice. And then when we found out she was a little girl, she stopped us and said, can I have one request on the name? Of course. And she's like, can you please? She knew we were going to name her Lila Faith can you please put an E at the end of faith? The friend I had that talked me out of having an abortion and into adoptions, middle name was Faith, and it had an E at the end. So the reason we've capitalized the E at the end of Leap of Faith is our connection with Lila's birth mom and us and the just the heart tug of, again, her reminder. You know, she could have chosen a different path and our life would look much different. But she chose to be so selfless and just do the best for the child. And so when we launched our foundation, it just seemed fitting to call it Leap of Faith, put the E at the end, and that is our constant reminder that this could have gone different, this could have been an abortion, but she chose adoption. Let's see how how many people we can inspire or help with our journey by starting this foundation. So wow. that is why the E is capitalized. The symbol in the middle is the adoption symbol. A triangle represents all parts of the adoption, and the heart in the middle represents the child. Mm-hmm. And then we and that's the national adoption symbol. And then we put the shoes on the end as the the form of a leap. So uh, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those deals 
that you just always are reminded, again, to leave it better than you found it, to um, focus on the next person. We could have chosen a lot of different groups of adoption to help, but we tried the foundation where we house our money, Norton County Community Foundation, and the adoption agency encouraged us to try to make it as narrow as possible, so it's very direct. So mm-hmm. it's open infant adoption. Um, are and that's the situation that, that we know the best. Yeah, it's just what we know the best. As well. And so we've been reached out to to educate people, to travel and speak, to talk, to inspire both sides. It would have been foolish of us to choose any other route of adoption because we don't, we can't speak on that. We haven't walked that. Um, and so we're able to tell what we know firsthand and connect with people in that regard. And so um, Leap of Faith's only been in, in existence one year, um, November 21st of 2021. We launched Leap of Faith. Uh, we launched it in November because November is National Adoption Month. And so just tried to be very purposeful. We have the purple in our logo because that is the symbol of adoption, but it's also Lila's birth mom's favorite color. Yeah. And so we tried to acknowledge her and respect her in that regard and her decision. We've had over 100 supporters of our foundation in the year of ex- existence, um, and our account is willing and ready to help. We have not sponsored an adoption yet, but if you look at the statistics since COVID, adoptions are down 24% um, nationwide, infant adoptions, and abortions are up for the first time in a decade. So we are fighting an uphill battle, mm-hmm. but hopefully with um, Leap of Faith out there, hopefully other people are inspired to throw their hat in the ring on the adoption side and the birth mom side, um, hoping to make adoption an easier choice. And then it's kind of blown up maybe different than we thought. We had a provider contact us to make some packets to put in clinics nationwide, but we started with Kansas so far because I have the most information on Kansas to encourage women facing unplanned pregnancies to slow down before they terminate, to take a second thought, to look into what adoption is, to know that they can reach out to someone and talk. And so we provide, we've put packets all across the state of Kansas for providers to hand out. And that provider ended up partnering with us and writing a letter to other providers that said, you know, have you ever been faced with someone who just terminated quickly? Like you don't, it doesn't, it's not laced with guilt and shame. It's laced with love and acceptance and, you know, you are worthy and so is the child you're carrying. Just slow down for a second. And we're not going to stop everybody from termination. But if we can stop one person, that's worth it. Absolutely. So yeah. um, so that was a turn that it took that we would have never guessed that it would take. But, I mean, and we may never know the outcome of who gets the packet in their hand. Yeah. We're never going to know that. But we have faith that it's going to end up in the right hands and that, yeah. you know, hopefully it will inspire anybody in that way. So we just keep standing there with our hands open what's next (laughs) where do you want to lead now so um we will match at some point and be able to help fund an adoption we have funds now ready to do that in proportions that in a year's time we didn't know we would have and so we're ready for that yeah one of the situations really is you know after uh, a birth mom delivers just as you know anybody else that would deliver there's technically some time off work or maternity leave so you can't go back to work right away until you get clearance from the doctor and, you know, make sure that you're healthy enough and, and safe to return to your previous level. Well, at that time, you're still not necessarily mothering your child uh, if you choose to place it for adoption. So a lot of the costs also from the adoptive parent side go to pay the birth mother's bills the first six or eight weeks uh, afterwards so that 
you know, there's not that extra stress or worry about, you know, trying to get back into the workforce or, you know, kind of their previous activity level. They can take care of themselves. They can get some help. They can, you know, not worry about keeping their lights on because a lot of times the situation is tough because that's what kind of walks them down that road uh, to adoption anyways is that they just aren't financially able to to do everything that they need to do. So that's where a lot of the funds go towards as well. But then really hopefully take that time to establish a good relationship with somebody who can kind of navigate that grieving process as well, a professional especially. So if I am understanding everything correctly, I'm going to kind of recap. Mm -hmm. So Leap of Faith um, is a foundation that provides funds for those Mm -hmm. that want to adopt. It's not an adoption agency. You work with another adoption agency in order to to help people to afford very expensive adoptions. So Mm -hmm. they may not be able to do it otherwise, Mm -hmm. um, and they can do it with with your help. That's correct. And that's one of the things I'm glad you clarified that, because we do have people ask, well, do you match? You know, do you match the adoptive with the birth? And we do not do that, but we have a lot of connections of who can. So um, we've educated more people than I can count who have just, I think people were over Northwest Kansas, especially, it's a very foreign, adoption is a foreign thing, especially infant adoption. And so knowing they had someone to go ask a question to, we'll get messages and emails and calls weekly from both sides of it. Okay, so if I'm looking into this journey, can you lead me and tell me where I need to find information or what your experience was? And then even um, a few birth moms contacted, you know, what do I do? I know I can't raise this baby. I know I don't want termination. And then we have the resources to get them to what can help them with the with the greatest care for them at that stage Mm -hmm. and then we're there for the funds to help make it easier for both sides hopefully encourage both sides so so some of your funds go to the mother who is for her mental health yeah i love that you know i interviewed somebody out in colorado and they were they were doing a new foundation mm-hmm. as well, and they mm-hmm. were pampering them, you know, with oh, with yeah. uh, like manicures and, right. pet, and and really finding organizations yeah. that would donate that. So yeah. that I thought that was really awesome yeah. too. That you know, well, and, they need to be you know loved and celebrated. Yes. It's not an easy time for them. Yeah, I I can only imagine. You know, that can't be easy. Yeah, and we house our funds at Norton County Community Foundation. We've partnered with them because then they take care of all the funds. Nobody has to worry about our fingers being in it. They house it. It's 501c3. It is, we had a match day as well in June. And match days are great because if people are putting money out there to be matched, your dollar is doubled the minute you pledge anything. And so um, when you speak of matches here, that's what really launched us this summer was just such generous people who put the match on the table and then those that want to meet that. So match days are important. Awesome. And so when you say you're waiting Mm -hmm. for... A match, mm-hmm. not a match yeah, of finances, but yeah. a match yeah. here, right? Yeah. And so you haven't given out funds yet because you haven't gotten a match. So tell That's me correct. what what that, mm-hmm. how that plays out. Yep. So there's because adoptions are down, there's not as many adoptions taking place. If adoptions aren't taking place, then adoption funds aren't used. Yeah. However, with it housed at Norton County Community Foundation, it's also not being used. You yeah. know, yeah. it might be for pu- publicity and things like that, but it's um. It's not going anywhere. Right, and right. so, it's yeah, it's gaining yeah. interest. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah. it's, and we had a talk just yesterday, you know, like, man, the tide's got to turn to morality one of these days because some of the days are long, you know, why are we doing this? You have the same questions you had when you're going through the adoption process. Why are we doing this? You know, but 
someday the pendulum's going to swing back to morality and Leap of Faith's going to be there and be ready to help. So we do have three couples that are waiting to be matched with a birth mom. Okay. And so once those matches are made, then yep. they can contact us, submit their items, and then we can give out yep. funds. But yeah. there's a lot of parts that, again, moving parts, just like you were talking about earlier, moving parts that have to connect prior to our need being in there. Yeah. Um, and through our education, there was not a foundation out there like this. There are some for if you have a certain dollar amount that you fall below. There's some if you are foster to adopt, but there was none that connected that we were aware of in this region that connected the adoptive side and the birth mom side and had them partner for the sake of the child before the child was even here. Yeah. So um, that's what's unique about Leap of Faith. Um, and again, we're just here trying to help make adoption the easier choice because right now in our world, it does not seem like that is where people are turning. And without adoption, our family, it'd look a lot different. Yeah. What a what a beautiful oh my gosh so much so much good in what you're what you're doing and and uh, you know all of the different directions that you're allowing this to go so when you put out the the packets that you have available mm -hmm. when you say a clinic mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. where do they go very good so we've taken them to some county health community health places some um, crisis pregnancy places some drop in clinics some OBGYN so really the whole gamut. You know, you think of a lot of people would contact just crisis pregnancy, but that's not true. In some college towns such as Hayes, or I'm from Kearney, they're at the colleges because sometimes a woman would go there. Sometimes they're going to go to urgent care and get that positive pregnancy test. So just trying to cover the whole spectrum. Yeah. And then one of the providers was like, oh, and it doesn't say on the front, like, unplanned pregnancy. You know, it just has our logo, and it says yep. Leap of Faith, and it's purple, yep. and they can walk out with love in it, you know, yep. and there's a letter right away that just encourages that woman facing that hard day. I'm sure it's a hard day, just that there is love out there, mm -hmm. and she's loved, and she's worthy, and shows the child mm -hmm. she's caring, and it actually has on one side about adoption, and on the other side about single parenting, just trying to... Yep just show the other ways other than right now everyone just seems like oh not planned termination you yeah. know just stop and think for for a second you know yeah and there again if we can just save one child yeah. from a quick termination all of our efforts will be worth it yeah and we may not see it in this life but hopefully yeah. in the next yeah 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 oh so good you 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 know you're making me think of can't remember her name but it was somebody out in um, Atlanta that was on the radio and she said um, and she was in the movie unplanned oh she yeah like yeah. you know yeah and, and and she said we have to make not abortion just illegal but unthinkable absolutely and, and, and I really think uh -huh. that that's where it's gonna have to uh -huh. be because uh -huh. we can we're always gonna have uh -huh. you know some way that they they yep. can get it so if we yep. can really you know, to me, it, it seems like a no-brainer, you know, because yeah. we have so much science now. Yeah. They yeah. can't lie to us anymore and no. say it's a blob of tissue. No. There's so much yeah. science. Right. You can see the, yeah. the heart beating. Yeah. So it seems like a no-brainer yeah. to me. But to so many, I don't know. And it's just a quick, and I think, I mean, is it an, is it the devil? Is it just the quick mind versus, yeah. you know, stopping to think, you know? So just pump yeah. the brakes, pause, take yeah. the pause. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned unplanned because I was the head volleyball coach in Norton and I took my volleyball team and some of their moms to that when it came out. Yeah. And nobody knew that we had the adoption packet at home that we were just sitting on. Nobody knew that we had gone to the meetings, done the research, not a soul in our life. Yeah. And I got home from that movie and I, he <laughs> was in the bedroom and he's like, well, how was it? I'm like, horrible yeah. and Wonderful. powerful. Yeah. And I said, 
Um, we have got to get our adoption packet turned in. There's a mom out there that's going to choose adoption over abortion. We have to be ready. Yeah. Six months later, there was a mom yep. choosing adoption over wow. abortion, and we were ready. So, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit has been big in our journey. Just having open ears as donors come in and bless our foundation with their gifts. We know they're listening to the Holy Spirit, too. Um, There's a tug. There's a reason. And there's other people we're going to turn away. And that's okay. also. That's life. But we know we're standing on the right foundation. And yeah. Beautiful. I I love this, and I think everybody's just sitting back and loving it, too, and listening and not, you know, it's a, a real sacrifice and a work of, of love for the mom oh, to, for sure. to do that and not to realize, because I imagine these children that are aging out are mm-hmm. probably in there a little bit later, you yes. know, and they've already been through so yes. much trauma yes. by the time they get into that foster system. And then they do age out, and and what a shame if the mom would just give them up in the beginning. I was going to say, if the mom can just look maybe ahead and see where her life path is headed, um, as our daughter's birth mom did, you know, she could see that she wouldn't be able to provide, and Mm -hmm. she didn't want to sacrifice from the three that she was parenting. So it is a very selfless decision. It's so selfless. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know... Then then our sweet girl didn't have to go through the system. You know, she yeah. was in a home from the get go yeah. um, and she'll be and she still gets to be loved from both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we're hoping with Leap of Faith is that it can just be an encouragement yeah. um, for both sides um, there. We do have a website. We are on social media. Uh, let's um, give that out. How do they okay. contact you? That's a really sure. good good point sure. that we need to make. So we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you just search Leap of Faith, you'll be with able to... With an E at the end. E at yep. the end. Yep. yep. Very, very important. Um, also, <clears throat> Leap of Faith 2021 at gmail.com will be a direct email that you can get a hold of us. And then if you search under the Norton County Community Foundation, they have it at the top. Or it can be Norton... Um, ccf.org backslash leap of faith that goes straight to our web page that tells a little bit more of our story shows some pictures and then also has a part at the bottom if you're led to uh, want to donate when you said we're waiting on matches we definitely are we're waiting on the match for some adoptive parents who are waiting to hopefully have a placement of a child but then we're also waiting on some matches um, for the next really calendar year so we have a very generous donor who has kind of encouraged us and challenged us to get some monthly donors um, so that people get into the the habit and the spirit of Mm. donating monthly, uh, which is great. One-time donations are also wonderful, but that monthly donation is really powerful. So this donor has encouraged us to seek out $100 a month donors um, through the rest of this year um, to get them to donate every month for 2023 Mm -hmm. and if we do that he will match that so um, yeah matches are definitely wonderful people should support this radio station Um, if adoption is on your heart and and that's where you want to try to help support we would be happy to do something with those funds as well but yeah take advantage of the the match money any situation (laughs) way shape or form that you can because you just yeah double your money Yep, absolutely. And so this encourager that we have who likes to stay anonymous as well, uh, he said the same thing with matches, you know, if you can gain 
givers for monthly for the year 2023. By the end of this year, 2022, I'll match those dollar for dollar. Wow. And then your, their money is doubled as well. And so that will make our mission stronger. That will hopefully push down the abortion, I don't know, influence a bit more and encourage some more to choose adoption. And if not with matching with a direct adoption, you know, we've spread across Kansas. We have our board members working on Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri to get these packets in those four states next. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just go further. Um, The agency that we work with has encouraged us to get a booth at the National Adoption Conference in June Mm -hmm. and be there annually because she thinks that there's a need at that as well. So although we're starting in the Midwest because that's where, I mean, we're raising a young family too. So we just don't want to be away from them a whole lot. Spread our stuff too thin. Yeah, Yeah. but our ultimate goal is nationwide to make an impact and make a difference and be right there with anybody who is pushing adoption over abortion every day, yeah. every single day, every single appointment, yeah. whatever that looks like. Excellent. Because um, we feel the power of that. <laughs> so is this turning into a full-time job for you, or how is that <laughs> yeah. working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not for me. I push it all on her. Yeah. So no, I, I work outside the home. She works outside the home some, but definitely uh, we have a, a board organization that we try to spread the load out but primarily yeah it falls on Emily's shoulders and she's very gracious to do a lot of the good work and all the really the good work that's happened is the majority of it has come from her so he had the launch off idea I just have to be the feet that carries it for right yeah. now yeah. so we'll see yeah. great teamwork. but I was in a yeah. position where I could I stay at home with the kids yeah. three of them are in school I devote my Tuesdays Lila goes to daycare every Tuesday and I devote my Tuesdays in full to this along with any <laughs> any and every other little thing yeah. that comes along which is about a daily occurrence so yeah. um, I could see it turning into a full time thing within the next five years for sure mm-hmm. yeah I yeah. hope and, that it does hope yeah. that it grows that's our whole vision and then really Mm -hmm. long-term vision is that we would hope that you know our kids or other people who might be on our board their kids take it over when Mm -hmm. we're kind of phasing out of it in later years Um, so hopefully it continues to grow and expand and help as many people as possible excellent excellent well we are out of time that is sad we are okay this was great this was great information so give out your website again okay so you can follow us on social media instagram and facebook just leap of faith if you're looking to email us directly it'd be leap of faith 2021 at gmail.com um, also our web page where you can find more information or a place to donate would be nortonccf.org backslash leap of faith so that's the norton county community foundation if you go to their web page then leap of faith is a tab under that because we are housed there which makes us 501c3 mm-hmm. and we're also looking for a match for the end of by the end of this year so we can have funds for next year. And they so. can go to your website if yes. you're interested yep. in that. Excellent. Straight to the website. There's yep. a place at the bottom. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. This year, Divine Mercy Radio is celebrating Mother Angelica. And so we will end this show with a quote from Mother. This one is called A Broom for God. You must strive to have your will in such union with God's that you want nothing else. You don't care what happens. That's real humility. Be like a broom in the corner. If the master comes in, sweeps the floor a bit, puts it in the corner, lets it fall on the floor, puts it on the highest shelf, it should make no difference to you. Be a broom for God. 
Let him brush you around, push you about. Do what he wants. Thank you, Mother Angelica. Please pray for us. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.